everyone, and welcome to another episode of Traditionally Speaking. My name is Tom, and together with my friend Joe, we'd like to wish you a very happy new year. <laughs> and a happy Christmas! <laughs> well, in keeping with January and uh, Burns Night over here in Scotland, we've got an unusual Christmas theme this time, and that is the Bannock Cake and the Ecclefechan Tart. Two delicacies which have come to typify Christmas in Scotland, but not necessarily for everyone, because one of them is very ancient, another one actually quite new. And neither one of them are known in the United States that I'm aware of. I've never heard anybody mention either of those two things, Tom. What exactly are they? Well, the bannock cake is a very ancient food in Scotland. Um, and it's actually originally a, a flat quick bread. Um, it's something that you would cook from grain um, or probably berry meal, actually, which is a, a different kind of grain, which is found in Orkney, uh, up in the northern islands of Scotland. And uh, the interesting thing about the bannock is, to look at it, there's not much that seems initially festive about it. It was, it was something that was really a staple food. Um, but it's something that's mentioned by Robert Burns, who's Scotland's famous national poet, and something that really was, was baked for many centuries, I mean, at least as far back as the 8th century. But the reason why um, it's become associated with Christmas is because there is a festive bannock, and it's more like a cake. It's actually one of the precursors to modern Scottish shortbread. And that's one of the, the great Scottish delicacies, which is you know, it's popular at all times of the year, but it's, it's especially popular um, in the new year, the Hugman A period. Um, and that's a, an amazing thing, actually, because it's, it's had a bit of a comeback. Um, a lot of food historians love them. And originally, you know, the Yule Bannock was made with oatmeal, but really because sort of over the, the, the past few uh, decades, people have come to kind of re rediscover the, the Christmas Bannock because the Yule Bannock um, is uh, made with uh, berry meal. Um, again, something that... Uh, it originates in Orkney, and it's something that's been milled in Orkney for about 300 years, so it's an ancient form of, of barley. Um, so it's perfect for baking, and uh, it's one of the uh, one of the, the key ingredients of the festive bannock cake. But um, the other things you will find in there are um, mixed peel, cherries, cinnamon, and, and various other spices. So, so this predates our uh, fruitcake by centuries. <laughs> I, I was going to say, you think they'll show it on the British Baking Show anytime soon? Well, I, it would be interesting because it's something that's kind of been rediscovered. Um, I mean, because Bannock for so long um, has been a traditional kind of bread. I mean, there are other kinds of Bannock. There's a Selkirk Bannock, for instance, which is uh, closer to like a kind of a fruitcake. Um, and that's quite popular. You can buy that from supermarkets and places like that. Um, but the Yule Bannock, I mean, it goes through various different um, iterations. You know, there are lot, lots of different kinds of variations of the, of the Yule Bannock. Um, but this kind of um, shortbread-like consistency um, has made it much more popular. Um, and it's starting now to come back into Scottish culture, um, even though the actual basis for it is many centuries old. Now, we never... I've never heard of it in the United States. I mean, maybe some of our listeners have heard of it, but uh, you mentioned that it's it's even uh, getting popular in Canada. I think you said around Nova Scotia, right? 
Ah, uh, well, that's something else, actually, and I'm glad you brought oh, it up. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm jumping ahead on the other thing, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that is the echo thick and tart. And, and, and uh, trust me, folks, he's not swearing. Okay, no, no. That's the actual name of it. It's the echo Farron. What is it again? Echo Farron? Yeah, let me promise you, if you're listening in North America, everybody in Scotland has difficulty pronouncing it as well. It's the echo Farron. <laughs> and uh, it's so-called because it's produced or was originally produced in the beautiful Scottish town of Ecclefechan, which is right on the border between Scotland and England. Um, now, Ecclefechan um, is famous for a number of reasons. It's particularly famous because it was the birthplace of Thomas Carlyle, who was uh, one of Scotland's great intellectuals in the Victorian age. He was a mathematician and a philosopher and an essayist. Um, but in more recent years, it's become famous because it has two particular types of uh, produce which have become well known. Uh, one of them is a blended Scotch whiskey called the Fechin. And uh, <laughs> it originates from Eccle Fechin. But probably the more famous of the two, uh, and it's become more famous in recent years, is the Eccle Fechin tart. Now, it's sold, um, it's a mixture of butter and um, dried fruits, and it's, it's served in a pastry shell. Um, now, it became more popular. I mean, it's something that's been, that goes back for many years, but it's become more popular because in 2007, um, a very famous supermarket chain over here called Sainsbury's um, promoted the Ecclefechan tart, and they sold it specifically as an alternative to the traditional mince pie. So I know we're going to talk about the mince pie in a separate episode, but um, because it has a very long history. Um, but uh, the Ecclefechan tart was sold, sold in a pack of four, uh, and it was a huge success. Um, and as a result of that, it, it's re-released every year, um, round about sort of November, December time, um, because people who don't necessarily like mince pies do enjoy the Ecclefechan tart. It's different kind of consistency. Can I interrupt you? I, I, I'm just curious, what makes an Ecclefechan tart different from like the American fruitcake that we curse and pass around in, the, in our country every season. Is it similar? Because you mentioned fruits and, and different seasonings that I think you would find in most fruitcakes out here. Is that kind of like a derivative from the Ecclefechan tart or is, is it something entirely different? Well, it's slightly different because they tend to be sized the same as a mince pie, you know, so they're quite small. Oh, um, okay. And more flat. A couple, yeah. couple of inches in circumference. Um, but uh, you will tend to find they have quite a crumbly pastry shell and um, the, the, the combination of dried fruits are slightly different from the, the sort of spiced um, centre that you would have in a mince pie. Okay. Um, so it's, it's a slightly different variation on the mince pie, uh, but it's become quite popular. Um, and as you mentioned earlier, it's something that is, uh, is sold in Canada. I mean, particularly places like Nova Scotia, where there is still a bit of Scottish uh, cultural um, heritage. Um, they've become quite popular there. They're actually even more popular now um, because a company called Walkers over here in Scotland um, have made a, a variation of the Eccle Fechentart um, available nationally. 
Um, so it's much more easy to access now, and uh, it's become quite a quite a popular uh, Christmas treat. Now, uh, do you know? Does anybody do this in America? Have Have you heard of anything like this? I I, I sure haven't. I mean, I haven't heard of either this or the bannock cake. Um, and so again, it just shows how different our countries are when it comes to celebrating some of the, the what we consider more basic things like a fruitcake versus an Ecclefeckin tart. So, which sounds like it wouldn't make it around as much because it's too small and get eaten before. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a big difference because the, uh, the bannock cake is something that has been around for many centuries and it's it really, it's been rediscovered in a way and almost rebranded for the modern age. But the difference um, between that and the Ecclefeckin tart is that because it's been rediscovered essentially by uh, big business, uh, it's become available now much more widely than it ever was before. So from that point of view, they've both found a much broader audience than perhaps they might have had otherwise. Now, since we're talking about traditions, is this something that you would eat at your own home or is it something you would gift to somebody or both or, you know, um, because you say it's having a resurgence, which obviously means that it fits right in traditionally speaking and what we're talking about here. But how do you, you know, is it just something that you buy for your own home or is it something that you, you know, take to the office or what, how do you, how do you celebrate this, I guess is what I'm asking. Well, you tend to find, in most cases, with the, the festive bannock, it's something that you might bake at home, uh, and many people have different recipes for it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, from that point of view, it's something that's quite popular as perhaps something you would bake as a, a gift for friends or family. Um, the Ecclefec and Tart, though, um, because they tend to be sold in packs of four, um, it's something that's quite popular in the, in the lead up to Christmas, if you can take it to friends or, um, you know, perhaps, as you say, in, in the workplace, um, you know, there are four servings. So, you know, there's something that's, that's good to share around. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, and do you, do they decorate them or are they just pretty much uh, sold as they're baked? Well, I've seen some of the, the Yule bannocks um, being decorated much in the same way as you might decorate um, gingerbread. Um, although, right. as I say, in, in terms of consistency, though, they're much closer to shortbread. Um, and uh, obviously shortbread is a, a real uh, New Year staple here in Scotland, uh, although in actual fact, you know, butter shortbread is actually popular all the year round. Um, so from that point of view, yeah, I mean, lots of people have different ways of, of, of baking it. Um, often it will depend very much on your own individual taste. But here in Stirling, right in the centre of Scotland, um, it has a different kind of nuance because... Uh, the, the Bannock Burn runs through Stirling on the way to the River Forth, um, and that, of course, is Gaelic for the River of Bread. So there's that ancient connection to the Bannock there as well. Now, it sounds like the Bannock Bread is, is something that's strictly kind of a Scottish tradition, or is it? does it take place, uh, you know, do people bake it in other parts of Europe or uh, other countries that you know of? And same thing with the Ecclefeck and, uh, which I still can't say, Ecclefeck and Tarn, <laughs> being on the border of Scotland and England, do, do both countries celebrate that or 
what's kind of the distribution on this? Yeah, well, it's interesting because, I mean, because the Barnack originates as a kind of quick bread, um, there are lots of different variations of it, you know, and you can you can see that in lots of different places. I mean, there's a Scandinavian influence, um, there are influences in other parts of mainland Europe, but every country brings its own take on the tradition, if you like. Mm. Um, the Echolfec in Tart is quite interesting because uh, where it is, as you say, right on the borderland, um, you know, there's lots of different variations and you, and you tend to find actually that's one of the really amazing things in, in um, Scotland and England um, when it comes to food history. Um, lots of different towns have their own traditions. Um, there are things like the Kendall Mint Cake, you know, things like that um, down in England, which are, are, are really well respected and, and enjoyed by many people. So the Echolfecking Tart is really part of that broader tradition of uh, you know, a town or a village um, having a speciality um, food. Wow, that's, I mean, that's really fascinating. And again, uh, not familiar with it in this country and haven't heard about it in other countries as well, um, except for what you've told us. And, and that's just fascinating that, that you would have something so totally unknown for, for this area because, you know, we love stealing all kinds of recipes from all kinds of countries. So, I mean, you know, you mentioned the mincemeat and, you know, of course, their gingerbread. But, mm -hmm. you know, those obviously were not American born. Those came from a different country. And, you know, and it's amazing that we haven't ad adopted this recipe because it sounds it sounds delicious. I'd love to try it sometime. So you're going to send me something for Christmas? <laughs> well, why not? I'll tell you, because it's one of those things that are really distinctive. I think you would know right away whether it was going to become a favourite or not. Um, <laughs> lots, of, lots of people love the Echolfecking Tart because it's just so different and yet strangely similar to the mince pie. You know, it's the kind of thing you can have as a little pre-Christmas treat, um, but you tend to find people will favour one or the other. Well, and I'll tell you, I, I'd love to try it and just to compare it to some of the holiday treats that we have out here. Uh, of course, we've, we've already discussed Christmas cookies at length, but, you know, again, it's like there's a lot of different recipes and different things that you do diff completely separate from the U.S. So, but, uh, but I'd love to try it sometime. <laughs> <laughs> and and unlike uh, you know Christmas crackers, you would have no trouble shipping it because there's nothing explosive in it. So, <laughs> at least I don't think there is. Is there, Tom? <laughs> not, not, <I'm> <laughs> not, not based on the ingredients I've seen. No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe later, but <laughs> not initially. <laughs> That's funny. So again, it's pronounced Echolfecken. That's right. That's right. And oh. it's one of the one of the more famous Scottish um, contributions to festive cuisine. Um, although there is another um, equally celebrated food, and that is the clutie dumpling. Um, but I think we need a whole yeah the clutie dumpling. Um, clutie dumpling. Okay. No clutie clutie dumpling. Clutie. It's a dumpling that's that's prepared in a clute, which is a kind of like a cloth. Um, I think we may need a separate episode for that one, though, because there's a, a whole story behind the clutie dumpling and how, how it came about. 
Well, folks, if you aren't getting the fact that we're going to be continuing this podcast forever, just based on some of the recipes from both our countries, you know, you're not, you're not catching on quick enough. <laughs> now, let me ask you a question. Do you have a recipe for either of these items or both of them? Um, I have a recipe for the festive bannock. Um, I don't have a recipe for the echo fecking tart because it's quite a um, closely guarded secret in some uh, corners. Everybody has their own way of doing it. Um, so uh, there, I think it's, it's uh, one of those uh, closely guarded um, mysteries as to what the, um, the original echo fecking tart contains. Um, one has to assume that some of these companies must know because it's, with every year it seems to be growing in popularity. Well, maybe one of our Scottish listeners would be so kind as to submit a recipe for the Eccleffeckin tart. And in the meantime, Tom's going to actually put up the recipe for the bonnet bread uh, on our website, traditionallyspeaking.com. Right, Tom? Yes, absolutely. Oh, um, very cool. Yeah, and let's face it, it's going to be one of those things that people are, are either going to love or perhaps not love so much, but there's only one way to find out. Well, and it would, again, it'd be fun for us in the U.S. to take a look at this and try it and see if we like it. It may become a tradition in the United States someday, and maybe one of our listeners will, will start the whole thing off, so... <laughs> it would be fun to try some of these new recipes and, and to see how they come out and how they're accepted uh, in this country versus uh, Scotland. So uh, by all means, let's make sure we get that put up. And again, the website is www.traditionally-speaking.com. And if you go online, you can find the recipe and give it a whirl in your own kitchen. Yeah, absolutely. And I do hope you enjoy it because generations of Scots have uh, debated on the merits of the bannock cake and indeed the Eccleweckin tart throughout the generations. So now you can put your own stamp on that debate and see what you think. And again, I urge our listeners that would be willing to share their Eccleweckin tart recipe um, to, to send it to us. And we'll post it and let, uh, let some of these uh, Americans try, you know, Something that's known and loved in Scotland. I mean, we'd love to hear what you think. Well, I'll tell you, this, this has been interesting. And as, as you already heard from Tom, he's already alluded to the fact that we've got several other interesting dishes that are either known or unknown to both our countries. And we're going to be discussing more of these. There's, there's other traditions that are taking place that a lot of people don't even know about. So I hope you're going to enjoy listening to those as well. So, but in the meantime, if, and those who want to try the uh, bannock bread uh, recipe, let us know what you think. You know, if, you, if you've tried the recipe and you like it and say, yeah, I don't know why this didn't take off, but uh, I'm going to, you know, pass it around. Let us know. We'd love to, to hear this. Yeah, I mean, it's sometimes nice, isn't it, to look back through the generations and find something that, you know, perhaps hasn't been tried for a while, you know, those um, old favourites, um, you know, see how they, how they shape up in the modern world. 
Well, that was the whole purpose behind uh, you and I doing this podcast, traditionally speaking, is because there have been a lot of great traditions that either were lost or just never quite made it across the pond from one country to the other. And it's it's kind of neat to kind of introduce some of these things to a, to a whole new audience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think food history is such a fascinating subject anyway, because it always shines a, an interesting light on, you know, different cultures at different points in history. Um, but that's the amazing thing, isn't it? Because you can try these things for yourself and see what your own view is. Uh-oh, I think Tom's thinking of another podcast. <laughs> we may be putting out a food uh, podcast pretty soon. So just based on different recipes between our two countries. So <laughs> uh, I'd have a real problem with that, wouldn't I? <laughs> well, it just wouldn't be Christmas without good food now, would it? Oh. I think that's why Christmas is one of the reasons it's so popular. <laughs> and if you think this is good, we've got really some wonderful podcasts coming up on other traditions and including uh, something that's near and dear to my heart in, in our next podcast. So please stay tuned and please be listening for our next podcast that comes out on the 15th of each month. Thanks very much for joining us, folks. If you're celebrating Burns Night this January um, to celebrate the life of Scotland's National Bard, then I wish you uh, every success in it. And uh, we'll certainly be lifting a glass of whiskey um, to toast your good health. <laughs> and I'll even join you on that one. So, okay, folks. Well, thanks again for tuning in. And I hope you found this fascinating and fun. Uh, I know I did. You know, we could just go around uh, practicing echelfarking and say that to somebody you're angry at. And I'm sure they'll think you're swearing at them. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, everyone, for joining us today. I hope that you'll tune in again soon. Take care. Bye bye. <laughs>